Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 4th as we're recording episode 91. Zach, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Hey, doing well. This is our post-draft podcast. We had our pre-draft last week, and man, it, I, I want to say it flew by, the draft. What would you say? How would you compare it to other years in terms of like duration? Man, I felt like that one took forever. Um, I don't know why. I just felt like that was a long, long draft. It might have been just because of the, the pick trouble in between. Um, but it seemed like this year it just took a lot to uh, make it happen this year like a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on yeah I, i'm not sure what it was too i i know i got there a little early and, and kind of helped you guys you know get the place set up but i know you had a lot of other things going on too as well zach you and i talked on draft night about it maybe being a little i don't know i don't use the word boring but it just kind of something was different this year there wasn't as many like uh hijinks or like you know like like rishisms things like that would you say that this year was maybe a little bit more boring than usual yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, I don't know if it's the the picks put a bad taste in everybody's mouth, but I did say before, and I'll you know I stick by this is that I said before I said that this might be the the calmest that we'll see Risher, and it was. He was he had nothing prepared. I mean, even Jordan Iwanizen had a soundboard, you know, trolling Rish over there. But the the bad thing about the gym is that you cannot hear anything. Yes pass like the table next to you you just can't hear it it's not an option right um so you kind of lose that that closeness and the camaraderie if there were any comments i can't hear anything from y'all side of the table so i mean you know um that's just how it is in the gym so i i really don't know it was just probably a combination of all those those things this year I was sitting on the opposite end of you guys, of you and Brian, and I was so far away, and you're right about the volume. Like, I, I couldn't even hear Brian Franklin's burps, which actually was kind of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, hashtag blessed. I sat next to Jake Standifer of Kemp's crew. First time I've sat by Jake, and I don't know, man. They're, uh, I know we joke about me teaming up with someone for you know in the future. I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed sitting by Jake. He knows his stuff. Yeah, I would definitely say y'all – have become uh, good texting buddies at this point. I could see it happening. I also sat kind of, I mean, we were, you know, arm's distance. The next table over was, was John Nichols, the newly formed uh, strong side with Matt Suggs. And John, John added a lot of flavor to the draft. I know he was not too happy about your comments uh, on him joining the league from last week's episode. Um, you know, I, what, what would you take from, from John's appearance at the, at the, uh, the draft? I really didn't hear anything from him. So, I mean, it was the typical John. I'm surprised he stayed as long as he did. Um, you know, at the end, he was still there. So, that was really surprising to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just couldn't hear anything from that side of the table at all. Well, I, you couldn't hear, but I'll give you some of the, some of the best Johnisms. John was really excited about uh, the Aaron Rodgers pick. They, they took Aaron Rodgers in the third round, and I just, I just remember a lot of the big names, you know, that John would know he was really excited about. And every single time I made a pick, John looked at me and said, uh, great pick, sleeper. He had some comment for every pick. And I know I complained about it last week when people do that, but uh, this is John's mulligan. This is his first year. I, it wasn't too bad. Was he doing it on purpose? I think he was. I don't know if he actually listened yeah. to the podcast. but yeah, he, been. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. 
Um, so episode 91, Zach, this might be one of your favorite episodes yet for Jersey numbers. This is not an NFL player, uh, but this does ring back memories of the 1990s Bulls. Dennis Rodman, number 91. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. Okay. Zach, I don't know if you have some kind of like soundbite you want to play for Jake, but uh, Dennis Rodman, I mean, he was in close proximity to Michael Jordan. He was. He was uh, in close proximity to him. That is true. Yeah. Closer than any of us will ever get. I don't know why he's called the worm. Maybe that was something you can explain. He was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2011. Guy was a two-time All-Star, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time NBA champion, and like we said, played next to Michael Jordan. Yep. He was a good rebounder. For sure. Next 91 here, this is Kevin Green the linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was selected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2016. He was a member of the, uh, the 1990s All-Decade team with Junior Seau, Rip, and Derek Thomas, also Rip. Uh, so he played 15 seasons in the league, 228 games, 160 sacks, and he had 10 seasons of double-digit sacks. Uh, so Kevin Green, one of the best defensive players of all time, number 91. Last one here, Zach. This one hits close to home. Derek Morgan of the Tennessee Titans. Drafted 16th overall by the Titans in 2010 out of Georgia Tech. And I wouldn't say he's had, like, you know, when you look back, you would think, okay, that's more like a third-round pick. Uh, You know, through all these seasons, he's had 44 sacks, five forced fumbles, and 189 tackles. And the reason I mention him is because he's a Georgia Tech player, and before Marcus Mariota was on the Titans, like, if J&J would have won the league in, like, 2013 – I guarantee you Jay Myrick would have gotten a Derek Morgan jersey as the as the winner. <laughs> Jay's a Jay's a big supporter of the uh, the Georgia Tech players. I know they oh, had that's right. they had they had Calvin Johnson a few years. They drafted Demarius Thomas this year. Uh it's just it's kind of like, you know, the all C and B team like we talked about. Okay. So I'm, Derek I'm, Morgan Derek Morgan number ninety one, Zach Outside of the draft, so that's the only stipulation. You can't use the draft as the best part of your week, but what was the best part of your week? Uh, I would say the best and the worst part of my week was we went to the Braves versus Red Sox game yesterday. And uh, uh, not only did the Braves lose, um, we, we lost, but we won at the same time. We drove, we drove down there. Um, Brian Franklin went with us. It was me, Sarah, Winnie, my parents. Brian's a Red Sox fan as well. And uh, we go down the game, get to the gate, and it says our tickets are not valid. Oh, man. And we bought them off the seat geek. And so, anyways, I found a guy. I showed him my entire, you know, emails. I had, long story short, had a little issue with the tickets loading on my app. And uh, seat geek finally sent me a PDF of the tickets. So, I showed the guy that thread of emails, and he let me in. I let everybody else in, you know, with me. And so we all got inside, got to our seats. They were in shade. This is a 105 pitch uh, or first pitch. So everybody's in full sun in Atlanta. We're in the shade. We're in great seats. Right. And then these people show up with the same tickets and they bought them off of StubHub. Oh, man. And their tickets were valid. So long, long story short, uh, we essentially went to the game for free, got other tickets essentially for free. And uh, got to watch the game from about the fourth inning on. But, uh, yeah, so that was the best and worst for me. That's the worst, too, because I've, I've had that happen before where, like, and I'm assuming, Zach, like, you plan this trip for everybody. You plan, like, the tickets and all that. So you, f- you feel responsible, like, for the group. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just 
it's really frustrating and very tiring all at the same time. You know, we've got Winnie. We're, we're having to carry her all around this stadium. We're sweating, you know, carrying her. And we just want to find some seats in the shade. You know, that's the, that's the main thing. So, Best part of my week on Sunday, like early afternoon, like around 1 o'clock, I prepped uh, a, a smoked shoulder, so a Boston butt, and put it on the grill and took it out at about six o'clock in the morning Sunday. So it sat in there for about 18 hours. And man, I wish I would have done that like five or six days sooner so I could have brought it to the draft. I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, you know, this is Taylor Cup's thing, you know, I, I, oh, but I, yeah. it, just, it just didn't even happen. So do you think you could possibly be the, the, new, the new Taylor Cup for the, the draft? I think I could. Like I, you know, I thought I did a pretty pretty decent job. Um, I would probably need to take off like Friday from work. Yeah. And yeah, I think I could make it happen next year. Okay, I like it. I didn't mean to be a tease just now, and and you know, apologize for not bringing it this year. But I mean, it turned out pretty well. I made about five pans worth. Um, Are we going to discuss the food later, or should we do it now? Yeah. What, what were your thoughts on? Did it, everything get consumed? I mean, how much was left over? I felt like. Food-wise, a lot got consumed. Uh, Jeff Gall coming through with homemade ice cream. I really like that. I think that should be a tradition from now on. During that first break, Jeff breaks out the ice cream. Um, but all the pizza was gone, all the chicken tenders, um, which just happened to be a Labor Day deal they had. So unless we, we get somebody in the league that has connections to Charlie's, you know, in the future, I don't, yeah. I don't see yeah. it. I don't see us like getting Oh Charlie's chicken tenders, but again, if somebody in the league, you know, had connections somehow. Again, I I was completely like I got there, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, why didn't I think to do that? I could have totally gotten some of that stuff for free. Uh, and I actually had to ask. I asked. I remember I asked Sarah. I was like, "Where's this chicken from?" She said, "Oh Charlie's." <laughs> I think we we could have like given money back to each person in the league if I could have you know pulled through with that. So. They had a Labor Day sale, so it was like 20 tenders or something like that, eight sides for 25 bucks. Oh, nice. A great deal. So, But, I mean, in the future, you know, maybe you can make something happen. I'll make it happen. Yeah, um, yeah so, I th- you know, the draft really went well. well we're going to break down the draft here in a bit before we talk about some league news. Uh, so, with that, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, outside of our draft, uh, the CMB draft, they're the biggest news over the weekend in the NFL. Definitely the big trade with Khalil Mack traded from the, I can't call them the Las Vegas Raiders yet, but traded from the Oakland Raiders to the Chicago Bears. The Raiders give up a second round pick and Khalil Mack, of course, but they inherit two first round picks. So, Zach, I would say that this is probably the biggest trade that we've seen in the NFL over the last, I don't know, half a decade. Yeah. I. That's crazy. This is huge. Uh, and so, and the Bears immediately, you know, re-signed Khalil Mack to his new contract. He's now the highest paid defensive player after Aaron Donald was the highest defensive player, you know, three days prior. So, definitely the biggest news in our league. I mean, within, uh, within the NFL. Yeah, and did you hear that the Green Bay Packers were, I guess, offering this about the same deal, but they chose um, – to go with the Bears because I thought that, you know, the Packers draft picks wouldn't be as good. 
Oh, for sure. And and you got to think too, because you know Aaron Rodgers was just named or was just awarded an you know, extension on his contract and is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And he's thinking, oh, you got to be kidding me! Like he just gets this huge deal, and now he has to see Khalil Mack twice a year. The best thing I saw, though, over the weekend, by far, this was on Twitter where you find all the gold. Uh, Frank Caliendo, who is a guy that at one time I did not find that funny. And in recent years, man, I've grown to really like Frank Caliendo. And he put out this tweet on Saturday or Sunday. And it was a video of himself, like a selfie video, uh, doing his Gruden impression. So this is John Gruden talking about the Cleo Mac trade. You know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to trade A.J. McCarron for Khalil Mack. I'm turning <laughs> the NFL upside down, man. I probably should have prefaced that a little better. The Raiders also traded for A.J. McCarron. They gave up a fifth-round pick to the Buffalo Bills for McCarron. It just – man, all this stuff that John Gruden and GM uh, Reggie McKenzie are doing this offseason just makes absolutely no sense to me. And I just thought that was gold from from Caliendo. Oh, and what's so great about this, if y'all haven't seen it, he's got the facial expression down. Like, he's his face is really close to his phone while he's recording this. Oh, yeah. He's kind of got that John Green and the crazy guy. Like, he's got that squint down. The, ch- the Chucky. Yeah, he's got it down. It's, it's- yep. More Raiders news. They made a lot of buzz this weekend. They released Martavis Bryant. And it just it makes no sense. I, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if, you know, maybe they, they're on to something and they know that he's going to receive another year-long suspension from the league um, for possession. But you know, they released Bryant after they, they burned a third-round pick uh, when they traded with the Steelers back in the springtime. So Martavis Bryant, currently a free agent. Zach, do you see him winding up on anyone's roster here soon? And what did you make of them cutting Martavis? I mean, if he's about to get suspended like it's being reported or whatever then no i i couldn't believe too i mean you know again we'll talk about this more within our own draft but uh, martavis bryant drafted pretty early in our league by kevin white and i remember at the time thinking you know that might be a little early but i also remember thinking uh, does kevin know something that i don't know because bryant there's a good chance he gets cut and Kevin took him with the eleventh, with his eleventh round pick, one hundred forty seventh overall. Takes Bryant, and now he's already been dropped uh, in our league. Yep. So uh, that was that was the Raiders news. We'll move on here a little bit with Buffalo. They named Nathan Peterman the starting uh, quarterback for Week One, which is shocking because they just cut, you know, or they just traded away AJ McCarron, and you would have thought that Josh Allen, the fifth overall pick in this year's draft, would have gotten the nod, but. Uh, they're going to roll with Nathan Peterman, who everyone remembers him for throwing five picks in the first half of his career, literally the first half of the first game of his career. So uh, really a rough weekend for the Bills. Uh, I don't know if you are kind of tapped into what's going on in Buffalo, Zach, but again, they had a rough weekend. They cut Corey Coleman after trading for him you know, just a couple of days earlier. They traded away A.J. McCarron, like I mentioned. And so according to the Buffalo News, the Bills have $53.9 million in cap space devoted to players that are no longer on the team. Oh, my goodness. That's 30% of their total cap. So, again, like, if you feel bad about some of the moves you made in your fantasy draft, like, don't worry. You know, like, the Bills, the Bills really have screwed their thing up, like, in the past two, three years. Yeah, for real, man. Other bit of news here that I was not shocked by at all 
The Los Angeles Chargers signed tight end Antonio Gates, who I think is pushing 40. Zach, were you surprised by this at all? Um, the only thing I was surprised about was that I forgot about this during the draft. Well, I don't, I don't believe – by the time we wrapped up our draft, I don't think he had been signed yet. No, I think I, it was – Yeah, I knew it was just that you had heard that he had been talking to him, and it was just, like, obvious it was going to happen. Right. You know, and um, – yeah, so I just completely forgot. Yeah, and this was pre- this was a move that was predicted by a lot of people in the past couple of weeks. Everyone knows Antonio Gates is like, you know, Philip Rivers' best friend. They've they've been, you know, they he's been his target for as long as he's been in San Diego slash Los Angeles. So you know, it's a it's a good move for for the Chargers. You know, he's Gates is going to take over as the starting tight end. Who really he was not re-signed by the Chargers because they liked what they had in Hunter Henry. He tears his ACL. Now Gates is back in the fold. He's the sixth time, um, the sixth all-time in touchdowns. Definitely the most by a tight end. Uh, so the Chargers sign Antonio Gates. More on that later when we talk about the free agent Bucks review for uh, heading into week one. But Zach, let's look at some of the injuries here as we start our preview of week one. Uh, so Zach, I don't know if you know this or not, but starting this season in the NFL, teams are no longer required to list probable on their injury reports. Did like you know that? It. I did not know that, and I like it. Yeah, so the only things now that you have to really list are active, so healthy, of course, questionable, doubtful, and then eventually inactive. Okay. So they're, they're taking probable out of, the, out of the kind of language there. Zach, week one, we're talking about the injuries here, and it struck quick, and we're talking like before – the week really even started. Jarek McKinnon, the starting running back for the 49ers, taken by H&F in the second round. Zach? Yes, that's correct. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but McKinnon injured during a uh, really, I don't even know what the, it was, a walkthrough on Saturday. So at, uh, at 49ers practice, walkthrough, tears his ACL after the season. Zach, what was your initial reaction when you heard this news Saturday? Let me be empty. I've waited for this moment. The ceremony of where we we are going to drop Jarek McKinnon. Oh, man. He's gone. We just, so, dropped. We just dropped him. It's official. You just did it just now. Just now. He's gone. All right, so we definitely have a lawsuit on our hands with Sarah McLaughlin, and that might be after our lawsuit with Folgers. But Zach, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just I, I feel, and I don't believe in like karma or, or curses, but I think since you've been cursing the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think the terrible towel people are maybe cursing H and F. Do you see that as a possibility? No, I don't. And really, you know, after we beat Jake by point, whatever it was. This is fine. This is uh, we'll take this beating Jake in the championship. You know, this is worth it. This if this is the price, this isn't a big deal. Next bit of injury news here: the Philadelphia Eagles rule out Mac Collins and Alshon Jeffrey for their Week One matchup on Thursday night with uh, the Falcons. They signed Marcus Wheaton, so you know we talked about you know you and I and Jake last week had mentioned that we're just not that high on Alshon Jeffrey this year. There is an injury history there with him. And not looking good for this season. He's already ruled out for week one. 
They signed Marcus Wheaton. Uh, so that that's some more, you know, uh, injury news here. Last one. This is a guy that we're just – I'm not surprised by this at all. Hold on, but, hold on. I just – I have to say that when you said Mac Hollins, I thought you said Mac Collins from our league. Like, oh, yeah. But Mac Collins, I don't even know who that is for the Eagles. I would say Matt Matt Collins is questionable, right? Okay. Okay. For this week. For this week. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Marlon Mack, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts, has had a hamstring that he's been battling with for like two months, and he's not likely for week one. We're not really surprised by this. You know, we had on Zach Kiefer of the Indy Star a couple of weeks back, and he talked about Marlon Mack's injury history and then how he doesn't really feel comfortable taking him this year in fantasy. So here is the rest of the backfield in Indy. Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, and everyone's favorite fantasy player, Christine Michael. <laughs> so definitely a running back by committee that I want nothing to do with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, so those were the injuries of note. I mean, I can't really think of anyone else that comes to mind right now. I mean, we're recording this, like I said, Tuesday, September 4th. Two days away, Zach, from the start of football. I know, crazy. What, uh, do you have any plans? I mean, the, the Thursday night games, they've been doing that for the past like 10 years or so where the, the opening night is on Thursday night. Do you usually do anything for that or are you guys working usually? Yeah, we'll be working, so I won't, you know, really be watching that game. Honestly, I don't even know if we have anybody playing. I don't think we do, so definitely won't. I'll tell you who, do, who does know who H&F is playing. That's Jake Standifer, uh, who I think H&F, you guys have real estate in Jake's head. Would you agree? Definitely. Uh, but let's, uh, let's bring Jake back on. We, we had Jake on last week for our pre-draft uh, episode. And we did, and Jake did his preview of the draft. And let's recap Friday night's draft with Jake. And we'll bring on Jake Stanifer of Kemp's crew. It's time for the call of the week. Jake, what were your overall thoughts on the draft? I mean, aside from the actual picks, just the overall like experience of draft night, uh, how would you describe Friday night? I think it was just okay. I think that there were uh, some years past where it was a bit more exciting. Uh, there really wasn't just anything that was just, you know, like Richard didn't come in with a you know, stone cold uh, theme, uh, no sound effects, um, the shark facts were gone. It really just didn't seem to have the, the spark as it usually does, but it was a solid draft overall. Why do you think that was? I, Zach and I talked about that too the night of. We were wondering, like, you know, Zach. Zach, I think even said it was like the most boring draft we've had. Like, what do you? Why do you think that was? I don't know. Maybe people are uh, paying more attention to the actual draft instead of, you know, planning sound effects and stuff. And maybe they're thinking hard about their picks rather than uh, just some gimmick or something. Yeah, I think that's the case too. And so, what would you? How would you rate? Like, what was your review of sitting next to me? You know, we sat at the same table. I think that was a first for the two of us. Yeah, I kind of like it. Uh, I kind of like uh, talking throughout the draft. That's something that I haven't really done. You know, the, what is this? The fourteenth year. I've never really been a talker during the draft. Really, started last year with Chase. I started next to Chase, and we would uh, exchange some stuff, but. Uh, sit next to you by far. I talked to you the most of anyone um, in all of my years at the draft, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think you, I learned that you and I have very similar resources for fantasy. And I don't know if you want to give those people. I don't know if you want to give those resources, those people away. But yeah, I enjoyed enjoyed talking draft with you for sure. Absolutely. So, 
Jake, let's go over real quickly, though, your mock draft, kind of the results from that. You came on last week and you gave a full mock of the first round. And I know you're pleasantly surprised maybe by some of the picks that fell your way. But can you recap just, you know, 1 through 14, how things went uh, for the picks that you made? I mean, I think I think I pretty much had it, um, you know, fairly spot on. You know, the first two picks were um, just swapped around a little bit, but I think the Zeke, Antonio, Camara, uh, I totally thought Tecmo would take uh, Christian McCaffrey. They didn't, so that was a surprise. Um, I think everything else just kind of fell into place. Um, getting H&F to Saquon Barkley was a big one. So, uh, yeah, I think it went pretty well. Were you pleasantly surprised that McCaffrey didn't go to Rob and Jeff and then he fell in your lap there? Yeah, I absolutely was because I thought that you, uh, you kind of said last year that you like Christopher McCaffrey. So I thought there's no way that he's going to uh, come back on the second round. So I figured I'd just go out and take him in the first. And I think it's a slam dunk pick. Oh, I absolutely would have taken him there at 13. And if not yeah. on the, on the back end, for sure. Do you, what, yeah. what was it like, you know, you you call your shot with Saquon going to H and F. Brian on the podcast last week says no way. I don't think he's you know going to live for the hype. I, I just I don't like Saquon. And then they pick him. Was it a, some kind of poetic justice for you to see them take him? Uh, not really. Uh, I, I don't think Brian wanted to give away his cards. Um, I think that once we started talking about the opportunity that Barkley had, there's nobody behind him uh, pushing him for touches or anything. He's clearly the guy there. Uh, it's going to be a potent offense. I think Barkley just made the most sense. All right, so let's actually talk about some of the picks here. Uh, we, we talked about your mock draft, but moving on even beyond the first round, maybe let's go. Let's do it this way. Let's go kind of uh, one by one. You give a steal, then I'll give a steal, and then uh, we'll do this. So like a steal, steal, then a reach, and a reach. Does that sound good? We'll just kind of go back and forth. Yeah, play. yeah, absolutely. What was so to you though? What was the steal of the draft in your opinion? Um, I would say the, are we going to do the best pick? Um, no. So we'll do best and worst here in a bit. I, I kind of just want to see maybe some guys that you had slotted as like steals and, and maybe that, maybe that was your best pick if it was a steal, but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say that, uh, probably the best steal, and I would say probably just the best pick and not the two, but horn, but there was Alfred Morris in the 21st. Um, you know, basically you're just throwing darts at that point. Right. Alfred Morris is now the starting running back for uh, San Francisco. So, you know, f- from a steal standpoint, it was probably the biggest steal. But I also think that it was probably just the best pick. Yeah, and my, my first steal I'm going to list here, and again, not to toot your horn even more, but my the first steal that came to mind for me was you getting Chris Carson, uh, round, nine, yeah. p- round nine pick 12. I, I don't understand why this was the case. Uh, Rashad Penny was picked around earlier by Kevin and, and – Penny is not the starter as of now. You know, he's still battling a uh, fractured pinky, I believe. Not even the starter, even if he were healthy. Chris Carson seems to be the guy in Seattle's backfield that people really want nothing to do with. But I thought for the ninth round, at the end of the ninth round, that's a pretty great pick. Oh, I totally agree. And I had, I've got four steals, and Chris Carson in the ninth was definitely one of them. Me and you were talking, I believe, for like three or four rounds. We're like, Chris Carson's still there. Chris Carson's still there. And then you said it, I think, in uh, the ninth round, and I was like, well, I'm going to take him. I I told you straight up I was going to take him. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree. And if I hadn't taken five running backs by round nine, I probably would have taken Carson myself. 
Yeah, right. You, you pretty much loaded up. Yeah. So what was your first reach that comes to mind? Man, that first reach was probably uh, WCW. They, uh, they drafted Brandon Cooks in the second. I have no clue why they would have done that right before Diggs and AJ Green. Like, right. What are, what are they thinking? They could have got him in the fourth, maybe fifth, but the second, no, no way. And you and I have not seen our notes for this little exercise. So there's no collusion here, but my first reach was actually another ECW pick. It was their next pick round three, pick 10, Josh Gordon. Uh, You said, did did you say East coast or West coast? Yeah, that was that was West Coast, but I actually had uh, ECW Josh Gordon as another reach. So yeah, I totally agree. I'm getting the, I'm getting the coast mixed up, but East Coast Wombats they picked Josh Gordon round three pick ten. He's not the starter technically right now. I mean, he's not starting out the season. Now, we all know he has big play potential, but in a PPR league, the guy to get is Jarvis Landry, who was picked five picks later. So yeah, they could they I could mean, have taken Landry. I mean, totally agree, but. Uh... You know, Josh Gordon has been with the Browns, you know, practice field for maybe, what, three or four days? And he's being drafted in the third round over Jarvis Landry. Like, what's going on here? All right, let's go, let's go with a steal here. Who was another steal from our draft? Um, I think John Brown in the 17th uh, went to Chase. I know that it's probably real deep, but I think John Brown's going to lead the team in receiving. Uh I'm not a big fan of Crabtree. And then the 17th round, that's super late. Uh, big play guy. Uh, Flacco really likes to push it downfield. So, yeah, John Brown. My next still here, credit where credit's due, Rish took Buck Allen in the 19th round with a second pick. And, I, you know, Buck Allen is not exactly a handcuff. I know Alex Collins, who I drafted in the third round. Alex Collins is the starter. But, you know, Buck Allen coming off injury last year, he might be able to find a way to vie for some touches and he might, you know, move his way uh, into, you know, more targets, more carries throughout the season. So I like Buck Allen a lot at the 19th round for Rish. Yeah, I agree in the 19th. That's a steal for sure. All right. What's another reach? Uh, Let's see. Another reach, I think uh, Carson Wentz in the third round. I know that that was kind of a homer pick. Uh, That was Jordan. Yep. Could have got Wentz much, much later. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was going in the third round. Uh, Carson Wentz definitely could have waited, so that was a huge reach. Yeah, I actually listed uh, – that was my next one where, like, our, our picks are the same here. But I listed Carson Wentz as well. Round three, pick 11. He was the second quarterback taken behind Aaron Rodgers, like you just mentioned. And I just – you know, the, the running quarterbacks in our draft really didn't start until the fourth round. And I, I thought this was interesting. So Jordan picked right before you, Jake. They're at number 11. And his only obstacles to get Carson Wentz would have been you, me, and Chase, you know, at that snake. So here are the players, here are the players Jordan could have had instead of taking Carson Wentz. So if he would have taken Wentz at the back end of the of the snake in the fourth round instead of in the third, he could have had his choice of Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin, LaShawn McCoy, Jarvis Landry, Alex Collins, Chris Hogan, or Allen Robinson. So he could have had any of those guys and then also gotten Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I mean, I, don't, I hate to pile on the guy, but I, my, my next reach was also from Jordan. I was in, in round six, pick number four. Um, you know, he took Aaron Jones running back for the Green Bay Packers, and it didn't make sense because Aaron Jones is suspended for four games. And who knows, when he comes back, he might not even be the starter. Jamal Williams 
is the starter in Green Bay, and you took him actually six picks earlier than Aaron Jones was taken. So it was it was kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, I was kind of uh, targeting Jones just kind of as a handcuff, and I thought I could get him much later. So really not sure why he went that early, but it is what it is. All right, lastly here, one more steal for you, Jake. Who was uh, your last steal that comes to mind? Actually, I would say uh, Ryan Risher got Matt Ryan in the 10th. I know Matt Ryan's probably not um, like a top five-tier quarterback, but I think in the 10th round, I think there might have been uh, 14 quarterbacks off the board at that point. Uh, me and you uh, notably waited a long time to get our quarterback, and so I think Matt Ryan's actually going to turn back to like top six potential. So um, I think I think that's a steal in the 10th. My last steal here is Corey Clement to Tecmo Power Runners. They got Clement in the 14th round with the ninth pick, and I like that pick a lot because you know he really is the number two back in Philly. And Jay Ajayi's foot injury, that's one of those that I think could linger throughout the season. And he's a guy who has played with injury and has kind of been inconsistent throughout his career. So Corey Clement really could see a lot more touches. The Eagles cut uh, Donnell Pumphrey over the weekend as well. So, uh, you know, this really is a running back by committee, I think, more so than people want to believe. And I think Corey Clement there, 14th round, ninth pick, kind of a steal for Tecmo. Yeah, he's also just a solid running back too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jake, what was your, in your opinion, what was the best strategy? Like which team, when you look back at the big board and, and see where players were taken off, who had the best strategy throughout or maybe the most interesting strategy? You know, I actually went through team by team and there really wasn't one team that I was like, you know what, this is a world beater. Um, you know, obviously J and J, I think they, they focused on the receivers uh, they kind of did a modified zero RB strategy. It wasn't really a full zero RB, but I will I will toot one guy's horn, and uh, I've made fun of him for years on this podcast for not being prepared. But uh, I think Ryan Risher, uh, his team is looking really good, and I really like his strategy with going uh, pretty heavy, investing a lot in the IDPs, and then grabbing Matt Ryan. Uh, he's also got. Uh, Real like three really good uh, receivers, so really like what Ryan did. Yeah, and I think you know you and I talked Jake throughout a lot of the picks that went off the board. We were not surprised by at all. You know, Tecmo Brothers they they took you know their Cleveland Browns. Greg got his you know Tyree Kill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tyree, Tyree coming. Yeah. The, the the players that you thought would end up on these rosters kind of found their way on there, and and um, I, I just I thought. You know, we saw similar strategies. Maybe that was part of the boringness of uh, of this year's draft because there just there weren't a lot of surprises to me. Yeah, really, not a lot of surprises. But I guess my biggest surprise was that Ryan actually had a really good draft. Yeah, he seemed to have a good strategy, and I think we talked about it being boring earlier. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe Rich is responsible for that. So, uh, but maybe that is this could be Rich's best season. So. Uh, if it, you know, if he's sacrificing the soundboard and like being like the class clown of the draft for wins, then you know maybe it'll work out for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jake. Uh, lastly, here um, we're gonna do our our league submitted best and worst. Zach uh, took request for the uh, you know the best and worst picks by all the teams in the league, basically on the back of the draft card, wanting to list who they thought was the best and worst. Uh, Zach. What are some that come to mind? What are some of the best ones you saw? 
Um, I've just got them here in front of me. I could just read through them real quick. You want me just to do that? I don't do have we, a ton. Do we want it to be anonymous or do you want to like, you know, give attribution to these people? I don't really know who, I mean, I don't have the picks memorized, but you know, if somebody really wanted to look at the, the picks, they could figure it out. So I won't say the name. Okay. So but the, this first one, I mean, is obviously um, the Almond Brothers because of the pictures they drew and the shark facts on it. The best they had was Got Goskowski, and then the worst was Todd Gurley. <laughs> I, guess, I think it's because they wanted Todd Gurley because they already had Todd and a girl drawn on the back of their card, and then they had to cross it out and do a Le'Veon and then a Bell. So, Real quick, can we talk about that real quick, about why Why do you guys think that Rish swapped from two until I think he swapped with six? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like Jake, what do you think the strategy was there? Maybe Ryan is clairvoyant, and he knew that Le'Veon Bell was going to hold out, and he didn't want to sit there with the second pick. All right, Zach, what's the next best card here? Um, I'm not saying it's the next best, but uh, whoever drafted Odell Beckham Jr., they said the best pick was Rashard Matthews, and then the worst pick was Goskowski by the Allman Brothers. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, whoever drafted – no, they didn't even put anything down. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, they did on the front. Um, worst was Alshon Jeffrey, and the best pick was Russell Wilson as a seventh quarterback taken. And then the worst um, or the most memorable moment, they put the worst moment was the trade picks, the picks that were traded. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, next one is this is uh, whoever took Alvin Kamara. They said best pick, Alvin Kamara. Worst pick, Jameis Winston. Most memorable moment. Ross getting booed on the first pick. <laughs> we know who that was. Leonard Fournette. Best was Andrew Luck, MVP. Worst was Marcus Mariota, and he put sucks. Wow. All right. Definitely know who that was as well. If he sucks so bad, then why'd you take his number one receiver, Corey Davis? All right, next. Uh, next is whoever took David Johnson. They put the best was David Johnson, and the worst was Jay Ajayi. And then the most memorable moment was the handshake. All right, next year. Next. This is a uh, 12th pick. So, Jake, best pick, Alfred Morris, which turned out to be true. And worst pick, Alshon Jeffrey. And then the most memorable, what did you put, uh, Andrew Luck, Chase? Yeah, it was uh, the reuniting of Andrew Luck and Chase. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like when he took Andrew Luck, it was kind of like a "all right, might as well" or like you guys saw this coming. It was he had a good comment. All right, uh, next is Antonio Brown. Worst pick, Goskowski in round eight, and then the best pick was Evan Ingram. Okay, hmm. interesting. And then the last one I have here, and this is whoever took Michael Thomas. The best pick was Le'Veon Bell. The worst were Richard's three strikes. And the most memorable was the long time out while working out the trade situation. Yeah, go. I actually – so the, the trade pick thing, you know, obviously was annoying. But I feel like the two times that happened was during one of my picks or right before one of my picks. So I had a lot more time to strategize. So I didn't hate it too much. <laughs> yeah, okay. Zach, can you confirm or deny 
uh, pick trading this year and beyond, or have we decided to cross that from the league, or is that something we would have had to have decided sooner? No, I mean, I don't know what we can really do about it unless we want to vote. I mean, you couldn't take it out this year. Right. You could, you could vote to take it out next year, you know, if somebody wants to at the pre-draft meeting. So that's the only thing. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it this year because Rush has already traded all of his picks, you know, to start off. Yeah. So. True. All right. Hey, Jake, really appreciate you coming back on. I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point early this season. Who, Jake, who would you say, I mean, other than H&F, do you have another rivalry in this, in this league? Maybe we can have you come on before your matchup with that team. No, it's just H&F. I can't stand them. All right, we'll bring you back on H&F Week. Maybe it's Rivalry Week. Who knows? All right, man. We'll do. Appreciate it. Once again, that was Jake Stanifer of Kemp's Crew giving us his recap of the 2018 CMB 14th Annual Draft. Uh, Zach, I think J- Jake kind of echoed what you and I were talking about, about the draft kind of being a little boring and maybe needing to step it up a little bit next year. But uh, really good thoughts and insight from Jake. Zach, it seems early, but, you know, the the picks were submitted like Saturday morning, I want to say, Saturday afternoon sometime from our draft into Yahoo. And then right away, uh, there were already players who or teams within our league who were submitting for ad drops. So this is like, you know, before the regular season even starts, if you're already wanting to can guys that were, you know, you drafted, you know, maybe that's like admission of defeat or admission of a mistake. Uh, but Zach, let's recap the uh, free agency bucks results from week one. Uh, really not a lot of action this week. The biggest thing that I noticed was, you know, we talked earlier about Antonio Gates, uh, who was awarded to me to pace in your face for $3. And Zach, I didn't know this until today, but you guys, H&F also bid $3. You were just lower on the waiver priority. Correct. If, I mean, in hindsight, obviously you would have, submitted four dollars but did you think that maybe you could possibly get him for nothing no i mean we knew somebody would go after him and we we just decided that three was the most we would spend on him uh you know the main reason we wanted him was because of the connection with uh, philip rivers who is our quarterback so we just would prefer him over eric ebron but uh it wasn't meant to be so it's not a big deal so hopefully he plays well and philip rivers throws your tight end some some touchdowns some more fab action here Dante Moncrief for two dollars goes to J&J and they also pick up Detroit's defense and special teams for one dollar and I think correct me if I'm wrong here Zach both you guys were outbid with both of those um, Moncrief and Detroit yeah I don't know about that because we just had the we had our priority set on Gates and then uh, Chicago's defense and then after that, we just had those guys for free. So we got Chicago. So I'm not sure why it even shows that it was an attempt for us to get them because we couldn't have after we made that move for Chicago. So I don't know if I'm doing something wrong with Fab or not, but that was kind of interesting that it still had us as a, you know, just like a free agent pickup on that. So what I'm reading here, though, is it's not even week one and H&F has already taken L's to pace in your face in J&J. yeah yes all right zach it's like we said week one we're here and it's time to do what we only do during the regular season of course but it's something that we probably spend the most time on during our episodes throughout the regular season let's do our picks of the week picks of the week was that a new bumper zach i forgot we have that i don't know 
I mean, you said it. I looked down and I saw the words and I just hit it. Let's keep using it. Uh, Big Orange Bullies versus Tecmo Power Runners. I thought we'd save this for like the rivalry week, but this is like a Gaw Mafia matchup. This is the Gaffia. This is uh, Chase versus the other Gaws, the Gaw Brothers. Uh, Zach, who do you have in this matchup and what are some kind of key takeaways from maybe from their draft uh, that you think will kind of decide this matchup? Um, I picked the Tecmo Power Runners. I think this one will obviously be close, but uh, I don't think you bet against the Gall Brothers. Yeah, I'm also going to pick the Gall Brothers, and only because I, I like Cam Newton's matchup a lot versus Dallas. Dallas's defense is going to be really bad, and I just don't I don't see they're going to start out really bad, and it may get a little better, but at the early start of the season, it's going to be rough. And the LA Chargers um, secondary, not that great. So a really good matchup for Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Tecmo as well. Okay. All right, next here, this is East Coast Wombats versus Your Worst Nightmare, whom we formerly know as SCR, Kevin White. And, Zach, this is, there are three teams this year. They're doing the all-caps thing. And I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> you feel like they're yelling at us the whole time? Yeah, I read that as, like, screaming, but – uh, if there's one person that would yell his name, it would be Kevin. Yeah. Uh, so who do you have in this matchup? I'm going with East Coast on this one. Um, I don't like being yelled at, so no. Um, Latavius Murray and Sony Michelle, or whatever his name is, right? Um, as his as Kevin's running backs is the main reason I'm making this pick for uh, East Coast. They've got uh, Dalvin Cook and Jay Ajayi, so. Um, that's the reason I'm going to go give the edge to East Coast on this. Yeah, that is rough. And, man, I want to, I want to pick Kevin because it's fun to pick against Ross and Reed, but I've, I've got to pick East Coast for the same reasons you mentioned. I mean, Sony Michelle is questionable this week. He's been injured throughout most of the preseason. So I don't know if, how much time he's going to see in the field uh, during week one. And even if he were out there, you know, he's got to split time with, with Rex Burkhead and with James White. So it's, it's, it's not a favorable matchup uh, there. And I just – I like Dalvin Cook and Josh Gordon. Those are both, like, comeback player candidates yeah. who could, you know, make a splash week one. So, yeah, I'm going to pick East Coast as well. And if, Next, I, if I could have picked who whose team Deshaun Watson would have ended up on, you know, before the draft, it would have been Kevin's. I think he had him last year. He kind of stashed him and then started after kind of everything. They wanted, they wanted to rekindle that relationship for sure. Exactly. Uh, third matchup here, this is Greg Co versus Dragon Energy, another all-caps team. This is Risher's new team. I don't understand the name at all. Uh, I feel like I know quite a bit about pop culture, but even I kind of was puzzled by this one. But that's not really that important. This is the highest projected point matchup, uh, 189 to 184 in projections within Yahoo. So uh, looking at some of these stars on Greg Co and Dragon Energy, Zach, who do you have winning this one? Uh, I'm giving the edge to Greco on this one, but man, both of these teams are are you know looking good. Obviously, uh, Rish has done well with his IDPs, which kind of makes me want to you know pick him. Um, but Greg's aren't his are not terrible. Um, but it'll just I think it comes down to Royce Freeman there, and then Tyler Lockett with Seattle. It'll be interesting to see um, how their flex spots do in this one. Todd Gurley is going to go off in this game I, I just the Raiders have made so many bad decisions like we've talked about in this episode and getting rid of Khalil Mack ruins their pass rush in a big way I don't know if they have the linebackers to keep up with Gurley 
And so I just I think he starts out a huge fantasy season in week one against the Raiders. Uh, I like Marvin Jones, of course, uh, for Detroit. And I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't dislike Rich's team at all. I thought he had a really good draft, actually. But, you know, he's got two Bengals players. He's got A.J. Green and Joe Mixon in his starting lineup. And then the rest of these guys, you know, he has a couple of sure things in Odell Beckham Jr. And Matt Ryan's going to have steady points. But I don't know. I just I – don't, I don't like Ben Watson at tight end. And, and Royce Freeman, again, another rookie who we, we don't exactly know what we're getting there. And so who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see there. But I'm going to pick Greg Coe as well. Next matchup here is Isaiah 4031, Jordan Iwanazan versus the Almond Brothers. Who do you got, Zach? Uh, I'm going with the Almond Brothers on this one. Um, I mean, they took Goskowski. He's probably going to hang 20, like Blake said. So uh, you got to go with them. I'm absolutely picking the Almond Brothers here. Uh, Jordan has Darren Sproles in his starting lineup, which, you know, not too surprised by given that Sproles is an Eagle player, but. Right now, Darren Sproles is listed as the third running back in Philly behind JHI and Corey Clement. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that there as a as a his starting running back, too. Yeah. Uh, and then Jordy Nelson starting at the flex spot. I think he's going to be a red zone target, of course. He's, he's not going to get as many points, I don't think, as even Crabtree did last year with Oakland as the number two. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's like, man, that, that is a tough sell. Yeah. I'm really surprised he hasn't picked up Nick Foles yet. You know, he's, he's – yeah. He's benching Carson Wentz, but he, he figured he'd go with the Super Bowl MVP over uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, uh, you know, whatever. And that's not to say that there are spots on Almond Brothers that I think are thin, like Terrence Williams in the starting lineup. I don't like that at all. Uh, but they do – they so they were really wise in drafting James Conner, uh, the handcuff to Le'Veon Bell, who it looks like James Conner is going to have to play this week. Uh, but I still give the nod to the Almond Brothers. Next matchup here is IDP still suck J&J versus Jake Stanford of Kemp's crew. These are two kind of traditional, traditionally good teams. Um, you know, J&J always draft really well, as does Jake. Zach, who do you have in this matchup? Um, I'm going to give the edge to, to Kemp on this one. I want to see if Amari Cooper um, is truly back, you know. Um, hopefully he is. And... Uh, the only the only questionable thing is Austin Hooper on Jake's team. I mean, I didn't know. I don't have any if he's supposed to be like good or whatever. But th- he's going up against Gronk, you know, with them. So um, the more I'm looking at this, I'm thinking about trading, going over to IDPs. I don't know. I might change it. I'm actually picking IDPs this week, and you know, nothing personal against Jake here. I just you know, you can't not pick Antonio Brown. I mean, it kind of – it looks like it cancels itself out, right? Like, A.B. is going to put up points. It's going to be a result of Big Ben on Jake. But um, – Are you, know, you I just worried about Jake's feelings? Like, nothing personal. This is already sounding like collusion. No, there's no collusion. No, I, it's, it's sounding like collusion. All right, you know what? I'm picking Jake instead. I'm, I'm swapping my picks. Wow, this sounds even more like collusion. Nope, you've convinced me. I'm moving over to Jake's side only because – the personal, Jake. I don't want to hurt your feelings, Jake. Look, Jay and Jay are starting – Marshawn Lynch, who I completely know thanks after, you know, I went through that whole experience last season. And you just mentioned it with Amari Cooper. Who well, knows? You know what? I'm changing mine to IDP. Still suck right now. Take that, Jake. Do it. Here's okay. the thing. Amari, Amari Cooper, week one, like you said, we don't know what he's going to do this season, especially starting out this year. I don't like 
the Raiders at all. I don't like their offense at all. I definitely don't like this matchup against the Rams. You, you know, he's up against, you know, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, um, Joyner. Like, their secondary is so good this year. And so I just – I don't know. I, week one, it's going to be a really tough matchup for Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. Plus, Gruden's already said that he's going to pound the ball. So, you know, this, this might even be a better matchup for Marshawn Lynch. But like I said, no thanks. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give this matchup to, Jay, to uh, Jake Stanford. Oh. I'm, I'm switching it. Ooh. All right. Uh, any more thoughts on that matchup, Zach? I don't have anything else. No, but... Is Jake the new, uh, the new Matt Suggs? No. He's not. In terms of collusion? No, because Matt's already won a championship. Jake hasn't. Oh, man. Boom roasted. Uh, next matchup here is my matchup. Pacing your face versus the West Coast Wombats. Zach, who wins this one? Well, um, mm, you go first. <laughs> All right. I mean, obviously, I think I'm going to win. I, I don't like really any of the receiver matchups for uh, West Coast. Um, just, you know, Josh Doxson's not really a proven guy at all. And Brandon Cooks and Devin Funches, those aren't two names that really scare me at all. Um, I like Derrick Henry a lot, obviously being a Titans fan, but I just I think there's going to be such a split with Deion Lewis. I had the opportunity to take either Henry or Lewis in the draft, and I opted to stay away from it because I just – I don't know. I just don't think either of them are going to be top 15 – fantasy players at their position because they're just going to be vulturing each other. Um, so I like myself. Um, did you have like come to terms with Keenan Allen after the rough start he gave you last year? No, I Keenan Allen really finished the season. I think he was like top five receiver in our league last year. So he rounded himself out really well. I mean, if you look at my roster this year, it looks so similar to last year. And I realized that midway through our draft, I just kind of had my head down. Well, I'm going to give it to you, um, especially they ha- they have a kicker right now that doesn't have a team. Um, they'll get that fixed. Yeah, hopefully they'll get that fixed. Uh, if they if they get that fixed, I'll reevaluate. But right now, I'm going to give it to you. All right, and then last matchup: H and F versus Strong Side. This is Matt Suggs and John Nichols. Zach, I'll let you go first on this one since I had to go first on mine. But why is H and F going to win this week? Uh, I don't know if we will win this week um after the swift kick in the balls you know <laughs> mckinnon um as he fell to the ground yeah uh yeah I'm, I'm going with strong side on this one which is i mean let's be real matt um i'm picking matt to win this one um yeah this one's tough for me and i'm trying to decide where to where to lean but i think i'm actually gonna go with h and f i'm gonna go with you this week zach not just because you picked me but uh, I, I think the Chargers are going to have a field day against Kansas City's defense. There's a chance that Eric Berry, who's on my team, doesn't play this week. And that secondary is so bad. And they're even worse without Eric Berry. So uh, I think Phillip Rivers is going to have fun and go off this week. And then, you know, Saquon, I'm telling you, this is – you guys made the right pick and picking Barkley. This is the first week of him just taking over as a monster of a rookie season. So I like – I don't like you guys having Reed and Crowder there at, at tight end receiver, but I, I think you guys have enough to get it done this week. All right. That was, uh, those were our picks of the week. Week one, we're excited to bring these back into the fold. It's been a while since we've got to talk about some actual matchups and uh, not just like preseason and, and off season news. So 
with be, that, just be sure to get your your picks in before Thursday's kickoff. If you exactly. Got and the winner gets the first selection at the pre-draft meeting. So it's a nice prize. That's crucial. Like, you know, making your, your lineup picks, of course, and having that finalized, like we talked about, you know, Matt and Courtney not having a kicker in their lineup. But uh, the league pick them is so much fun. The stakes are so high, as we learn. Yeah. And if somebody figures out how to do it on the app, please let me know. Um, but even if you guys are listening, and this is Thursday right before kickoff, just log into a computer and just make blind picks. It's better than nothing. You'll probably get more right than I do, you know, so just at least make some picks. All right, before we take off here, Zach, you and I have an announcement for the podcast, a new segment we're going to do this season. I'm not going to take up much time. It'll maybe be like two, three minutes max, but it's something you and I are going to kind of just do for fun. Uh, Zach, do you want to tell the listeners something we're going to do this season? Yeah, we toyed with doing this last year and we just, we never stuck with it, but we're just going to do the daily fantasy. Um, so Pace and I are going to uh, each put in, I don't know, you know, uh, some money. And then um, we will draft a team. And I guess when we run out, are we going to be done? Is that how it's going to be? <laughs> I think so. It's going to be like a head to, a head to head thing. Just the two of us, Yeah, whatever we make, we will definitely split if we happen to win. But uh, right. otherwise, when we run out, that'll be the end of this segment for the season. So we'll, we'll let you guys know who we pick ahead of time usually, but just not this week. Right. And I guess we would technically run out, right? If, if the same person won two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that goes on a little long and if it's boring, let us know. We'll get rid of it. But yeah. I just thought it'd be, it'd be something fun to do uh, this season and, and then talk about something aside from our league and maybe a little bit more general fantasy stuff. So um with that, let's wrap up this episode as we, you know, like I said, head into week one of the season and do our tweets of the week. Tweet of the week. I'm going to start calling that the Nashville version of tweet of the week. I apologize. Why do you say the Nashville? Just curious. Just because of that guitar at the end. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely a little country in it. Zach, uh, I, might know the answer to this, but do you have a tweet of the week? You know, I feel like I do. Um, do you want to go first? Sure, yeah. And mine has a little audio in this. So it was a tweet, but it came with a video clip. And this is of John Millman. Of uh, He's a tennis player from Australia who eliminated Roger Federer during the round of 16 at the U.S. Open in New York City. And here is what he had to say after uh, beating Federer. Look, it's one o'clock now. I probably should try to get a recovery. I've got a seven o'clock in the morning fantasy draft, so I'm going to get up for that and hopefully have a good draft. I'm second, I'm second pick. I don't know whether to go Gurley or Le'Veon Bell. Zach, when we decided to make this fantasy football podcast, we wanted to pick something that was transcendent, something that you know spread across multiple platforms, had interest, as we hear here, all across the world. That's right. That's fantasy right. football is everywhere. That's right. It is. I wonder who he took. Uh, yeah, I, I, we should probably follow up on that. I, I, I'll probably say it was Bell. I bet whoever had number one took Gurley. Okay. All right. Zach, do you have a tweet of the week? Yes, I do. Um, and I'm trying to find it right now. Okay. Here it is. Uh, Kay Adams from, what is it? Good morning. Good morning, Good morning football. Yes. She tweeted out. Um, what is the best fantasy football name of 2018? And I should I just read these? I'm just going to read a few. Uh, Juju plays hide and Zeke. 
That's uh, one of the most liked ones. I like it. Make Amari Carr a great again. Sorry. Amari Carr great again. That's terrible. <laughs> um, some of these I cannot. I'm not. I want to choose not to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just. We should probably just stop there. Um, a lot of these are, you know, hooked on a feeling. I've heard all these before, you know, stuff like that. So. All right, Zach, before we wrap up, weekend plans for week one. You guys doing anything fun at the Henson house? No, no. Um, hopefully I'll get to catch a few games and, and chill, and hopefully the Titans get a win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my annual Titans trip is this weekend. We're going to Miami, so I will be there. Oh, goodness. Yep. I will be there in attendance. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll get a win. I uh, in trips that I've gone on with my friends, like to Titans games, we're undefeated. The one game I went rogue and went by myself and took my grandpa. The Titans lost in Arizona, so uh, I think it's jinxed. I think it's kind of cursed a little bit. So maybe being back with the gang, we'll get a win and we'll uh, we'll move to five and zero on these away trips. Wow, we'll look for you on TV. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look for me. I don't know where we're sitting yet. We haven't gotten tickets, but are you going to be holding up a sign or anything? No, last year when we were in Jacksonville, I didn't hold up a sign, but we somehow made it on TV. Uh, so maybe that'll happen. We'll just get lucky. Yeah, I like it. Uh, this doesn't. This won't top unless this happens again. This definitely won't top the uh, the Chiefs wild card game where I met Marcus Mariota. I've told you that story, right? No, I didn't know you met him. Oh yeah, I met him and his mom. Where? Uh, in the Chiefs parking lot by the Titans player bus. Oh, did what did you say? I, I didn't have time really to even think. I was just standing there, and I looked up, and he was, like, literally shaking my hand. I didn't initiate anything. I just looked up, and I was kind of in a, in a line of people. I was like, oh, 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 hey. And then, yeah. And that was it. You sure this wasn't a dream? This doesn't sound real. No, it was real. I have, I have a witness. Okay. No, but, yeah, that was, that was a fun time. This time will be just as fun, I'm sure. It's going to be hot in Miami. I'm pretty sure there's a hurricane heading there right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So hopefully that'll pass and the Titans will get a win. Yeah, and hopefully your tickets work together. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about going through SeatGeek, but I might, I might uh, change plans here. Yeah, I would avoid that. Listen, if you ever buy from SeatGeek and your tickets just show that spinning wheel loading and it never shows the barcode even after you purchased it, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Uh, all right, hey, guys, week one, uh, we're going to do our recap of week one next week and a preview of week two. Me even have him on a special guest, but Zach, best of luck this week. All right, man. You too. That's a W. That's E1.